1: Hello, welcome to the new books in Jewish Studies podcast. I am your host Ari Barbalat. I'm in dialogue today with Dr. Helen Johara Piniere, who is a professor of history at the University of Tours. We will be discussing her new book, Jews Food in Spain, the oldest medieval Spanish cookbook and the Sephardic culinary heritage, published in Boston by Academic Studies Press 2022. Thank you for being with us today. It's a tremendous honor.
0: Thank you so much, Ari. I'm so glad to be interviewed by you.
1: What inspired you to write this book? What message do you hope to convey to readers?
0: Um, in fact, um, this book is uh, very meaningful. Uh, I'm so happy to to for having publishing it. Um, my goal is here to 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 bring. Uh, knowledge concerning, um, to bring knowledge and understanding and consciousness concerning the richness and the complexity of the food and cooking practices of the Jews from Spain and the diaspora since the Middle Ages and to the early modern period.
1: What are the primary themes in your book? What story does your book tell?
0: Um, in fact, uh, the primary themes um, in my book um the first one is uh the first cookbook written um in Spain. Um uh, it's a cookbook uh called the Kita in Arabic, the Kitab al which means uh the, the cookbook, in fact, in Arabic. And this is my first and main source. Um this book is very special because uh, first first of all, because it's the first one written in in Spain and uh, then because it contains uh, six explicitly Jewish recipes. So this is my primary theme here theme here in my cookbook. Um, and then um, what story does this book tell? Um, in fact, this book tells the story of a people, Jewish people who had uh, always been uh, living as a minority and who had always been uh, living under uh, the rules of uh, the others. And so they had to adapt their practices. Uh, I mean, food practices or liturgical practices, but whose faith made them stronger and allowed to still being here and cook the way they used to.
1: Can you tell us about the importance of Kitab al-Tabih? What can we learn from the six Jewish recipes in this cookbook? What does Kitab al Tabih reveal about the social history of its period?
0: Oh, the Kitab al Tabih is um, very important um, because, as I told previously, it's the first cookbook written in um, the Iberian Peninsula. Uh, in the Thirteen, uh, it, in fact, uh, it um, dates back. Uh, from the 13th century. So in the 13th century, the Jews uh, were living under Muslim dominations. And at this time, uh, it was um, quite hard to be living to, to be living under uh, the Almohad um, dynasty. It was a Berber dynasty from from Morocco. So what we call it nowadays a Morocco. Um, this cookbook is um, totally um, relevant because uh, among the 462 recipes, there are six explicitly Jewish recipes. This is totally unique. It does not exist in the West territories, so this is totally new and totally unique. Unique. So we can ask ourselves why if, uh, would have been written six explicitly Jewish recipes when we know about um, the complex context when, when this cookbook has been written. Um what can we learn about the six Jewish recipes? In fact, we can learn we can learn about um, the food that were uh, used um, for, to make the recipes. and those foods um, were mainly um, onions and pine nuts and lamb and also eggplant and um, many eggs. And of course, spices like cinnamon, but also mint um, and cumin. Um, the six explicitly Jewish recipes were not um, totally different from the other recipes that uh, did not bear the term, the term uh, Jewish in the title. It was like mainly like uh, the Muslim recipes. But what is interesting to even if even if in the in those recipes, um, in fact, even if in those recipes, the main uh, point was um, the way uh, those recipes were prepared. In fact, what was more important was the way the method, the cooking method used to make the recipes and not mainly the ingredients used to 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 prepare the recipes.
1: What kinds of bread recipes are found in Kitab al Tabikh? Can you illuminate us?
0: Ah uh, yes, um, the topic of the bread is very very interesting, uh, because in fact, um, the bread used in the Kitab al Tabikh was um mainly was mainly flat bread. That's the first thing. Uh, we can we know we have uh, a lot of information concerning. Dishes that used um, what was called fatir, uh, which was in fact um, like matzah. I mean, uh, unleavened bread. And this kind of bread, as uh, this unleavened bread, was used um, um, like was used uh, inside the dishes. It was just cut uh, into small uh, chunks, small parts, small pieces. And some broth, where um, was just um, covered. In fact, covered the, the the pieces of bread, and everything was eaten with uh, with meat. And this was one of the ways uh, that the bread were well, was eaten in the Kitab al
1: How does your book advance our knowledge of the history of Kashrut?
0: Oh, um my book um, aims aims to 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 bring knowledge concerning um, the the way uh, that uh, the Jews and the Sephardim from Spain uh, respect the cash flow. Uh, We always have to we do not have to judge. We have just to understand the context. Um, first of all, um, I, I can only talk about this concerning. Uh, through the inquisition trials. Thanks to the inquisition trials from Spain, uh, we can understand that um, all the conversos, I mean, the conversos, I just remember that the, remind that the conversos were um, the Jews that officially converted to Christianity, but on the other side, they kept being Jewish uh, and keep their Jewish practices. So what we can understand concerning the respect uh, of the cash route in the in the inquisition trials is that, um, um, for example, uh, they did not eat pork. Uh, second, um, they they used to remove the tendons of the meat. Um, but what is also very interesting is that, and they yeah, and they used to to eat a lot of uh, vegetables in their dishes. But what is very interesting is that we do not have um, in the inquisition trials information concerning the separation between um, meat and dairy products. This is very interesting because I don't don't say that uh, this part of the cash was not uh, respected by them. I just say that uh, it is not something mentioned in the Inquisition trials from Spain, but also from Mexico and Brazil. So this is quite interesting.
1: To what degree should cookbooks be studied as literature? What can literary theory teach us about cookbooks? What are the advantages and disadvantages of a literary perspective on cookbooks in history?
0: Ah, uh, in fact, Cookbooks. Um, I think it it is a very um, um, it's not a good idea to to study and to understand cookbooks only as a source that deals with that deals with um, the food that were um, used to prepare a dish. Uh, the cookbooks can um, be understood as historical sources because because, uh, we have to to be able to read under the lines um, because um, it's in fact, they have to be understood as like a kind of literature um, because they reveal more than only the dishes, the food that were used by the people. Um, By, um, by, analyzing what uh, the food, what kind of food were, um, was forbidden, we can understand the social and the political context. So um, what can we say more um, is that um, cookbooks has, have to be considered as historical sources, not only as just a book that contains recipes. And we can learn a lot of concerning history if we study uh, the recipes of a, a book that contains recipes.
1: The closing words of your book are, to eat is to remember. Why did you end your book with these words? How do they relate to the contents and themes of your book? What does this proverb mean? Can you interpret it for us?
0: Uh, yes. Um, okay. Uh, Yes, I I just uh, close the book uh, with um, this sentence to it is to remember because I think that the story uh, do not have to to end. Uh, It has to be shared uh, and uh, it has to share the awareness of uh, the richness of um, of the history of the Jews of Spain and the diaspora. in fact, the daily act of eating helps, helps to remember. Eating what our ancestors ate is a way to contribute to sharing knowledge uh, concerning um, the, the food practices and the culinary practices of the Jews of Spain and the diaspora. So that's why uh, this sentence is meaningful. To eat is to remember is when you eat, so you remember uh, the history of um, the people who gave their life, and thanks to them, you are still here. So it's a way to contribute um, to the consciousness of our history.
1: What is your book's contribution to the history of the Inquisition?
0: Um, my my book hangs um, to... to to understand um, the, 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 the history of Spain and mainly um, the inquisition, what the inquisition trials reveal. Uh, in fact, uh, we have a lot of, um, we can find um, a lot of works concerning the Inquis- that has been written concerning the inquisition trials. But in fact, um, and we can also find different works concerning um, the food in the Inquisition Trials. But what my book uh, uh, offers is a real and special work concerning only the food and the culinary practices through the Inquisition Trials. And what I did is I did not use only the Inquisition Trials trials from um, one, town in Spain but I also used the Inquisition trials from many many towns in all Spain but also in um, in, in another in another study I also I have been able to do this on uh, with uh, the inquisition trials from Mexico but here in this book what I did what I did is to understand and to analyze the food that were uh, that was uh, highlighted in the many many Inquisition trials from the Inquisition. I just remember that the Inquisition in Spain started in, in 1478 and only ended in at the beginning of uh, the 19th century. I just focused um, on the period uh, from the 1478 until the 17th century, but only with this, we can understand a lot concerning um, food practices of the conversos in Spain.
1: What does your book teach us about the ways that Jewish holidays were celebrated in medieval Spain?
0: Oh, um, that's an interesting question. Um, the holidays, um, the celebration of the, of the holidays uh, were very, very important. Why? Because in the Jewish calendar, we have a lot of Jewish holidays to celebrate. And each holiday, his, each Jewish holiday was an occasion for the Jewish family to celebrate um, the holiday in question. And this imply the preparation of um, different kinds of dishes um, regarding the holidays they were celebrating. And this is very important because first of all, this highlights that the converso were celebrating almost all the Jewish uh, holidays. I said almost because one were um, more considered as mainly uh, more celebrated than others. For example, uh, Pesach, um, Passover, uh, Shabbat uh, were among the Jewish holidays that were um, mainly um, always celebrated. But on the other part, we have a few informations concerning um, Rosh Hashanah, for example, and a little also, few information concerning, um, concerning um, the fast of Esther or Purim. We have information concerning Hanukkah also, but just few information concerning this. So the holidays um, just. Um, Highlights uh, the importance of celebrating Judaism for the conversos of Spain, but it was also it has been also a way for the people who denounced the Jews. It was easier for for uh, those who denounced the Jews to do it because there were a lot of Jewish holidays. This uh, bring this was also a lot of occasions uh, to denounce the Jews for their practices.
1: What role did food and recipes play in trials during the Spanish Inquisition?
0: Um, we have, um, in fact, what is interesting is that in uh, Inquisition trials, uh, you cannot find recipes. I mean, what is a recipe? A recipe, a recipe is uh, you have a title and you have a, a description of uh, the food and the process to make the dish. Um, just be clear in the Inquisition trial, we never, never, never have a recipe. You have, sometime, sometimes you have, of course, the, the title of, um, well, the name, I mean, the name of the dish. Um, and um, this happens for several kinds of dishes. But what we mainly have is, um, the method that the converser used to prepare the dish. We have the ingredients. You do not have, except the process, but you have the ingredients and you have the way uh, that sometimes uh, the dish needs to be prepared. Um, But we, we never, never have a recipe as we understand the recipe nowadays.
1: Can you tell us about Maria Sanchez and the Leon family? What does this story reveal?
0: Uh, Maria Sanchez was a servant. Um, Maria Sanchez uh, was, in fact, um, she she has she she has been living um, in a city uh, called Almazan, from very close to Madrid, and uh, she was a servant who worked for a family of conversos, and this family of conversos was named. The family, the Leon family. So Maria was not the only servant uh, who was working for the Leon for the Leon family. You also have um, Catalina; she was also wor- working for the Leon family in Almazan. Um, this the, Maria, Sanchez's family, uh, has been working for the Leon, the Leon family. But what she did also is she denounced the um, Jewish Leon family. Uh, for their culinary and food practices. Uh, What does this reveal? This reveals that uh, because in fact, the trial um, concerning the Leon family and the Sanchez family revealed that um, in almost all the trials, the inquisition trials, it was always uh, the servant that denounced, the, in fact, the, the woman uh, of the Jewish family. And uh, this revealed that um, the servant played a key role concerning denunciations because the servant were always in the house. They cleaned the house, they cooked for the Jewish family, and um, the servant was, were in charge of um, taking care of what was happening in, in, the, in the house. So that's why uh, mainly servants, non-Jewish servants, denounced a Jewish family for uh, their, their practices because the servants knew very well the practices of the Jewish family. And they were mainly only women denouncing women.
1: What does your research reveal about the history of dictionaries? Which dictionaries did you consult when were they composed and published? How were they similar and different from one another?
0: Um, uh, studying dictionaries is very interesting uh, because uh, when you study a dictionary, you really have uh, the dictionaries really reflect um, the how the society was um, thinking uh, in the time it has been written. For example, you have I used. Um, Tesoro de la lengua española. Uh, you have um, the dictionary from Covarrubias. Rubias. Uh, you have, uh, I used a dictionary from Nebrija. Um, I, this, those dictionaries are, have been written uh, since uh, the, the end of the 15th century and onwards. And uh, what is interesting is that... Um, for example, if you find information concerning what would have been the, the definition concerning the word Adafina, uh, you can read that it was a dish that was prepared by the Hebrew, by the Jews, uh, for Sabbath on Friday night. So dictionaries are always, always uh, very, very relevant because it because in fact, they, they only reflect um, the way, that the society uh, used to see um the people that we are living under on, on this during this context during this period Sp-
1: speaking of which what is adafina can you tell us about it
0: uh oh, adafina is the more iconic Sephardic dish it is totally unique totally unique uh they are um in the history of spain that deals with uh, the Jews and the Jewish practices. And if we focus on, on inquisition trials, this is mainly obvious. Adafina is the only one, almost the only one in inquisition trials that bears exactly a name. Uh, because this proved that it was an iconic dish. Um, Adafina, and Adafina is also a word written in dictionaries that of the sixteenth uh, and seventeenth century, and the definitions of adafina in, in, in those dictionaries um, are totally in relation with Jewish practicing practicing for sada. Um, adafina is a stew uh, that uh, the conversos uh, used to prepare on Friday night. It contains meat. Uh, chickpeas and Swiss chard, um, and it is cooked all night from Friday day, uh, Friday evening until Saturday noon. Um, in the Inquisition trials, uh, this dish is uh, may, all, is mentioned almost everywhere um this proved that it was very important for the conversos and that the conversos used to eat the eat it. Um it also proved that um, the non-Jewish people knew about this culinary practice of making adafina.
1: What is the dish ani? Can you describe and explain it?
0: Yes. In fact, um ani is the same as adafina. Um here um we must um, say that uh, adafina, of course, was um, the the name for these two made with beef and chickpeas and Swiss chard. Um, but adafina was not the only name used to prepare this dish. Adafina, aní, jamín, trasnochados, trasnochado. Um, in fact, all those names refer to Adafina. This because it, in fact, but they the, the mean exactly the same, Adafina is a word that uh, comes from dafun which means buried because um, the dish was prepared, um, uh, um, um, as, how can we say, um, it was hidden and it was prepared uh, in the house and nobody could know what was inside. Um, Ani, it's exactly the same. It's just it bears a different name. Um, we can, we can um, suppose that um, the Adafina bears um, different names because it was a way um, to. It was a way for the Jews uh, to 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 hide their practices. And they could use, in fact, different names, just to be, because they were they were thinking that using different names, uh, so the Inquisition could not uh, identify them. So, jamin, it's at the same jamin. It's a word um, from Arabic, which means um, hot, because the the dish adafina was eaten uh, was very hot.
1: What was the Fudalat al-Huwan cookbook? Where did it originate? What is its legacy? What recipes?
0: The Fudelet Al hihwan is, pudel- oh, the, is uh, the second cookbook written in um, the Iberian Peninsula. It is the, the, the second one because the Kitab Al Tabih is the first one and has been written a few decades before the Fudelet Al Khiwan. But um, they are different. First of all, because Fudelat Al um we know the author. Of uh, the Fudulat al and we do not know the author of the Kitab al tabih It's the Kitab al tabih It's anonymous. Uh, the Fudulat al we know the author, and it's um, Al-Tujibi, and uh, he was Muslim. The Fudulat al uh has been written in the 13th century too, but as I told before, previously it has been written few decades after the Kitab al tabih um, well, we learn a lot concerning of course the of course the practices of the 13th century and also the practices of um the middle east and uh it originates um from the from the city of uh, mainly from the east of Andalusia where is nowadays Murcia um, and the Kitab, the Fudelat al hiwan does not contain uh, explicitly Jewish recipes. Um, so that's also interesting because it's different from the Kitab al tabir which is anonymous. So, but nevertheless, in the Fudelat al hiwan you can also find uh, there is also a relation between. The Kitab al the Fudela al concerning several recipes. For example, the recipes of makrut, which is um, a pastry, uh, a fried pastry, um, which is uh, which contains uh, which contains dates, and then which is uh, deeply <clears throat> and it is each deep in in honey. So this recipe is also in uh, in. In, in, the, in the Kitab al-Tabir, but does not appear exactly the same, or the recipe of isfeng also. But uh, the recipes are totally different, and the main difference is that the Puddel does not contain uh, explicitly Jewish recipes.
1: What does your book teach us about technology in the medieval period? What technology was used to cook, prepare, transport, and store food?
0: Uh, my, my book... Um, uh, teachers about um, the cooking method uh, used in Spain in the Middle Ages and the early modern period. As I just uh, said previously, um, of course, the food that the Jews uh, used to 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 used to use, in fact, to to prepare the dishes, of course, was important. But the more important was the way they used to prepare the dishes. For example, um, we we know that um, the Jews from Spain and then the Sephardim used to prepare uh, dishes, uh, stuffed dishes. It could be uh, eggplant, stuffed eggplant, or stuffed pastries. Um, We can just... um, that it, it was because, uh, of course, it was super good, super tasty, but also because uh, it could have um, been easily for them to use different kinds of meat. Um, and as the meat uh, was used to stuff, to stuff the, the food, so nobody could knew about what was inside, which what kind of meat was used uh, to prepare the dish. Um, we can also think that... Um, when you used to prepare um, uh, individual pastries or individual dishes, uh, it was easier to transport them or to store them. Um, my book also also uh, teach us about uh, the organization of the market um, between Jews, Christian, and Muslim practices. We know that, for example, they almost all have access to the market, but um, the market was um, organized differently um, because the Christian used to go to this part of the market, and the in the at the other part of the market there were the Jewish butchers and other. So it's not just only concerning food, but on um, it deals with uh, all the. Jewish practices concerning Jewish life in uh, the medieval um, period and the early, only in in the early modern period.
1: What does your book teach us about memory and collective memory?
0: Um, I think I really hope that um, my book teaches us about um, the importance of um, the awareness and the consciousness of our history. Um, we all know that um, history is very important concerning, um, concerning, um, concerning life, because we cannot understand our, our life today without uh, understanding how was the life of our ancestors. Um, what I also wanted to do with this book is just to highlight the importance of um, a collective memory based on um, the knowledge of historical sources. Um, I really wanted to 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 underscore that there are sources that deals with that deal with uh, um Jewish uh with history the history of Spain and the history of the Jews and I really wanted that everybody knew about this and um, that's why and not through different kinds of separated works I really wanted to do one book with all the information that deals with uh the history of Spain and uh, focused on the history of the Jews from the 13th century onwards. So that's why and that's why I, I wrote this book.
1: What if anything is Jewish or uniquely Jewish or distinctly distinctly Jewish about Jewish culinary history in Spain?
0: Um, If we have a look, if I answer to this question, um, if I answer to this question, um, focusing on uh, the 15th, 16th, 17th century, I would say that what is Jewish or distinctly Jewish or what was, yes, what was Jewish or uniquely Jewish in this period, I would say um, the preparation of uh, the unleavened bread and the preparation of dishes that were buried or that were stuffed Uh, this was very unique Um, nowadays uh, we can talk about um, the jewish legacy concerning food and cuisine of course but it's more, complex, it's more complex to talk about this uh, because actually in Spain, there is not an obvious uh, recognition of the culinary heritage of the Jews of Spain from the 13th century to the two onwards, in fact. Um, we know about this, uh, but there is no official recognition. And thanks to my book, what I really wanted is that to 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 bring a scientific um, knowledge concerning um, what the dishes concerning the relation um, of the dishes that are prepared nowadays in Spain with the Jewish legacy?
1: What do cabejas sausages without pork reveal about Jewish ordinary life during the Inquisition?
0: Okay. Um, cabahelas were sausages without without pork. Um, among the dishes that bear uh, a name, explicitly a name in the inquisition trials, so there was the adafina, and the other one was the cabahelas. What the main difference between the two name those two names is that um, adafina is still prepared nowadays. In, in, among the, the, the Sephardic uh, families from Spain, for example, or if they were Sephardic family from um, Spain, then I moved to Morocco. Um, this Adafina bears the name of Hamin or uh, Skrina, but in fact, that's the same. But what is interesting is that the Cabahela, so the sausages without pork, uh, this name totally disappeared. We do not know why, but those sausages, the name of the sausages totally disappeared. Um, nevertheless, what is interesting is that this name was mentioned in um, an important amount of inquisition trials from Spain. So this proved that cabajelas, the sausages without pork, were prepared by the Jews from Spain, mainly from the north, of Spain, um, from the northern east to the northern west, like a line. Um, This, what is interesting is the cabarela dish is that, uh, of course, it did not contain pork, it contains beef. And uh, we have so many information concerning the making of the cabajelas The cabarela, the meat used for the cabarela, to, to, to do the cabahelas, uh, well, came from the Jewish quarter. And so the men used to go there to bring the meat uh, home and the wife, her, his wife, used to remove the tendons and then uh, the meat was used to prepare the cabahelas. Uh, It The meat was dried. Uh, The the meat was put in the the sausages and then everything was dried. So it was uh, impossible to know for the non-Jewish people what kind of meat uh, was uh, used to prepare the the sausages. And once it was dried, um, it really looked like uh, the pork sausages of the Christians. Um, What we could um, add here is that in um, the northern east of Portugal, nowadays, uh, there is a sausages called uh, aleira, which really looked like the um from the Inquisition period. But uh, nevertheless, the aleira uh, was mainly um, prepared with um, lean meat, like chicken, and the cabaelas was prepared with uh, beef meat, but no pork in both.
1: Were there any notable Spanish-Jewish or Sephardic cookbooks in the post-Inquisition period?
0: No, there is no. <laughs> um, the answer is super easy uh, because uh, you just have to think about, just to think a little about this. Uh, the, the complexity of the context explain, in fact, uh, the lack of uh, cookbooks uh, in the post-Inquisition Inquisition period. It was almost very hard for Jews to hide their practices during the Inquisition. So if they, if, they, if they had written a cookbook during the Inquisition, it would have been worse for them. It would have been totally impossible to live. Uh, because um, the Jewish the, their their practices, if if there was a, a, a writing, an official writing through so a cookbook, this would have been even easier for those who wanted to denounce the Jews to denounce them, because they would have been identified for their recipes and their canary practices. So no cookbooks.
1: How widely known were Sephardic recipes? In Italy and the wider Mediterranean world, can you share any examples of dishes that were known either among non-Jews in Italy and the wider Mediterranean, or that were shared with Jewish communities in Italy and the wider Mediterranean?
0: Um, um, I'm not a specialist of Italy, so I'm going to ask you just... Um... Just speaking about uh, the, the the sources that I used uh, to to write uh, to write my book uh, Jews, Good and Spain. Um, in fact, what I can say is that I I had to 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 read Inquisition trials uh, from the city of Venecia in Venice in Italy, which is they are very interesting. Uh, I also had to 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 study um, a book um, that was, uh, that did with the story of a woman, the Losana Andalusa, Aldunsa, and which, um, and the context is Italy, Roma, at the beginning of the 16th century. What I can say is that thanks to those two kinds of uh, sources, we can. Um, find a relation between the Jewish converso Italian practices and the Spanish converso uh, practices. Mainly concerning, for example, uh, um, a dish, which is called in Spanish, nuégados. This dish of nuégados was, we have mentioned of this dish of nuégados in a trial from Spain, from Northern, Northern Spain, uh, it's a dish that is mentioned in my cookbook Sephardi Cooking the History and this dish is made from short very small chunks of uh, dough uh, which is uh, they are fried and then uh, dipped in in honey and you have to make like a crown okay, like a ring maybe like a ring and this dish is also mentioned uh, in Italian sources that deal with um, conversal practices, but it bears a different name. And nowadays in Italy, in different parts of Italy, like Campania, for example, you can find exactly, exactly the same way and the same appearance of this dish, nuégados in Spain, but in this part of Italy, um, for example, in the book in literature in the book *De losana uh, andalusa*, written by the converso Francisco Delicado, um, we have evidences evidences of um, practices of this woman Aldonza, which arrive who arrived in in Roma in fifteen twenty six. And sh- we can learn through her experience, and thanks to the dishes that her grandmother uh, taught her, uh, that there are um, recipes that arrived in uh, Italy in Roma, thanks to um, the Jews who from Spain, the Jews who left Spain and just arrived in Roma. So in fact what you what we have to keep in mind is that when the Jews were moving um, they they brought with them their culinary practices to the new territory where they settled. So it's totally logical that we can find in Italy nowadays um, dishes that in fact uh, belongs to uh, the Spanish heritage, converso heritage.
1: How much continuity is there between medieval Spanish food and modern and contemporary Spanish food? What has changed uh, and evolved in Spanish cooking between the Inquisition and the 20th and 21st centuries?
0: Um, are, there is a relation, of course, but it's not obvious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why? Because because um Jews had to in Converso, had to adapt uh, their practices if they wanted to to be alive. Um, so, but nevertheless, on the other way, um, they kept her. They kept their, um, their. In fact, their their faith in Judaism was very strong, and this uh, thanks to this, uh, there is um, culinary heritage. But in there, there is a culinary heritage that we can. Understand, and we can see nowadays in, in the Spanish um, culinary legacy. But nevertheless, it's not, it's not obvious because Jews had to hide, them, hide their practices and had to adapt their practices. Um, but um, of course, there is in the gastronomy uh, in Spain, nowadays, uh, dishes that belongs to um the 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 cooking practices and the, the, the dishes that the, the converso used to do it's not obvious it's not uh, and it's quite hard to it's hard to fight to fight for this recognition but the fact is yes there is um jewish culinary heritage in nowadays um Spanish gastronomy uh, Spanish gastronomy
1: in your acknowledgments you refer to many people who you benefited from in preparing this project can you share some names of individuals with us who you feel especially grateful to can you describe anyone who provided you with help that was indispensable would you like to convey appreciation to anyone publicly
0: oh this is a good question it's very hard to it's very hard to answer because um, I've been talking to um, different people and um, they helped me, but uh, in diff- for different things, in fact. Um, for example, I could mention um, my advisor when I did my, my, my doctorate. It's the professor Bruno Loriou from the University of Tours. Uh, because um, he was an advisor concerning during my 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 doctorate, and he always um, he always uh, helped me, and he believed in me and in my research. So um, I am I'm I'm totally grateful uh, for this help. Uh, then I can mention um, Jason Guberman uh, from the American Sephardi Federation because uh, it's another kind of help. But Jason from the American Superdive Federation, New York, he's the executive manager there, uh, always believed in my work and support me and uh, find me ways to uh, highlight my research. And this is, I will be always grateful to him. Uh, I could also think... um, uh, I could also say David Kremer from the Jewish Theological Seminary of New York. Um, David Kremer is um, a professor, too. And he also works at the library of uh, the Jewish Theological Seminary. He helped me concerning um, the name in Hebrew in my research. Uh, and um, we have been talking about this topic uh, so um, I, I am very grateful and I would like to thank him. And of course, I would like to thank uh, Paul Friedman from Yale University. He wrote the four awards uh, of my book. Um, I really would like to, 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 thank, him, to thank him because um, he's very, very, I, I, it has been a, a real pleasure to work with him uh, he, he, he gave me, um, different kinds of, advice concerning, okay, and then maybe you can just see this, uh, um, thinking about this way, and make some research concerning this topic and maybe edit some things, uh, here that you wrote, for example, in this part of the book and, um. I really would like to thank Paul Friedman for
1: this. As we bring our dialogue today to a close, what are you working on next as your current project now that this one is behind you? Can you share with us your upcoming research?
0: Yes. Um, Juice Food in Spain um, has been published um, at the beginning of December, so it's totally new. Um, I'm very happy for this. And of course, uh, I am working on um, another project because I am currently wa- writing for a new cookbook like Sephardi, but on another topic uh, which deals with uh, Passover and bread. So it's totally new. And it this uh, historical cookbook... Um, will be um, highlighting uh, the, the consumption of flour and bread and matzah, not only in Spain, but in all the Sephardic world. And so the diaspora, um, it will be more than 100 recipes. Uh, so I am, I'm, it's almost, I'm almost completed this, but I am still working on it uh, a little bit. So it will be available for 2024. And then, uh, of course, I have different kinds of events scheduled uh, in order to highlight um, the, the, the Sephardic culinary heritage. Um, I did one at the Saf- Moses Safra Center in New York um, like last week. Um, last Thursday, in fact, one week ago. It was amazing. So many people were interesting. So I'm still working on those kinds of projects uh, between a lecture, for example, I give a t- I g- I will give a lecture at UPenn University on um, Tuesday 28th, uh, February, and uh, many other events with the Weitzmann Museum of Philadelphia, but I'll be back also in, in, to New York in February, and um, I also working with chefs that uh, wants to to make um, events in their restaurants because um, they have a strong relation with um, with Judaism or um, the Jewish history. So my goal, in fact, is to 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 do everything possible to to highlight. Um, the, the culinary history of the Jews um, through, as I told before, through events through lectures, so um, partnership with foundations, through partnership with cooks and restaurants whatever, this is, how, this is my goal
1: Sounds fantastic, I, I wish you the best <laughs> of
0: <your endeavors. laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you for thank everything you. you're doing and you have done to benefit the Jewish world and the Jewish community
0: Thank you so much, Ari. This is so meaningful. That's, that's, I'm, I'm very happy.
1: Thank you. I could not be more grateful.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much.
1: As we bring our dialogue today to a close, I am your host on the new books network, Ari Barbalat. I've been in dialogue today with Dr. Helene Johara-Pinier, who is a historian at the University of Tours. We have been discussing her new book. Jews Food in Spain, the oldest medieval Spanish cookbook and the Sephardic culinary heritage, published in Boston by Academic Studies Press 2022. Thank you.
0: Thank you.